After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials, don't you know? We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Nothing can replace Brad. And this. How you say murder, sex, murder, sex, Trayvon. And, of course, this. Hey, Marlene, give me another beer. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz, playing a greatest hits of our opening drops on this, our 100th show. Happy anniversary, Veeves. It's not an anniversary. It's a 100 show anniversary. That's not what anniversary means, but happy 100th show. It's, happy centennial. You've already it's not ruined a centennial it. either. You've ruined we it. We haven't already. been doing it for 100 years. And they say shit like this. Doors go up, <laughs> doors go down. That's what garage doors do. <laughs> And this. That's right. It's just an episode of shit like this. That would have been a lot easier than what we actually put together. What did we put together? We looked at one. Well, actually, we looked at 99 shows. um, And we each picked. We each took half. And we each picked our sort of favorite or most interesting or whatever. Whatever felt we felt was representative from each of the shows. So we have 99 commercials to go through today so strap in so this is a look back but it is not a clip show we're not playing our favorite little bits from the show we're just going back and looking at 99 commercials now uh you took the evens nope you took the odds i took the evens which actually meant you had to listen to one more show than i did oh i didn't listen to the shows wait how did you do it I just looked through the links that I've been posting to Facebook and grabbed one that I remembered. I've been working on this I know. for months. I'm realizing as we've been talking about preparing for this, this is like when you get married and like one of the people in the couple has like written their own vows and they're like super thoughtful and romantic. <laughs> and then the other person's like... Yeah, anyway, ditto. (laughs) Well, I think you are going to be bummed out because I also wrote some very thoughtful and romantic things (laughs) into the show. I will tell you this, actually, if I can be corny for one second, as I was listening back to parts of these shows and even just looking back at our show sheets and stuff like that, um, we have now been doing the show from two different cities uh, I think three or four different locations. Um, and in looking back at this stuff, you can't help but to think, oh, we did this one there, and this is what was going on in our lives. And uh, we had this friend on the show then. And, you know, I got to say, um, both as a podcast partner and a regular partner, I, I couldn't help but to think how lucky I am. I've really enjoyed doing this with you. Now, I'm not trying to put you on the spot like I wrote a romantic uh, poem for you, but I really was kind of reflecting, and this has been a great exercise, and I've really enjoyed doing this with you, Vives. I've really enjoyed doing it with you, too. I mean, we started doing this because we were looking for a project to do together, and I'm proud of us for sticking with it for 100 weeks, and I've enjoyed doing it with you, and it's also sort of been an exercise in in discipline for me like we've put one out every single week every tuesday with one or two exceptions um really consistently now was every podcast the highest possible caliber that's not for me to say that's for the podcast award 
givers to say. <laughs> and you know what? One lesson that I learned is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I never have. Or if you're my fantasy football team, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. All right, but we've made a promise to ourselves that we have 99 commercials yeah, to get through. Yeah, we're going to we try to book it. we need to do this quickly. So let's get into this. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. What you talking about? I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. Recognize that voice? I don't. Who is it? I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. This one, Mr. Ice Cube. I'm sorry, Mr. Ice Cube was his father. Right. He's just Ice Cube. Um, all right, so you uh, did the odd numbers, and number one is an odd number. So we're going all the way back to our very, very, very first episode. That's right. Uh, we started this in uh, November of 2015, right? I guess because so, Because yeah. it's been over, we, we, it's now 2017, and we've almost been doing this for two years. Um, this is a commercial for Sam Adams' Boston Lager, and this is from a show called What Are You Apologizing For?, this was kind of our first idea for a show, and it was about that those that kind of commercial where it seems like the product's almost apologizing for either past misdeeds, like um, uh, Domino's Pizza had a whole campaign based on it. We don't it. suck anymore. We don't suck anymore. We heard you. We really sucked. Or like sort of apologizing for some sort of misbehavior or bad bad thing that they've been that they've done. I think Jack in the Box uh, had like an E. coli outbreak that they basically had to come back from. This one for Sam Adams is like, it's one of those man on the street, you know, like it's, it's sort of a taster's choice, secret, secret uh, Sam Adams style of thing where they have, they're interviewing people at outdoor bars and beer gardens and things and asking them what they think about this beer that they're, this mystery beer that they're drinking. And then they're like, so surprised. I mean, it's like the Chevy model, right? right. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is Sam Adams. And I just think everyone in this commercial sounds like a complete moron. That's funny. He doesn't have two Steins at home. <laughs> Right. No way. Why are these people surprised? They just found out they were secretly tasting Sam Adams Boston Lager. It's got a good color. It's got a good hoppy smell to it. It's got a good body. It's very smooth. I like that. Smooth, but it does have flavor. You're drinking Sam Adams Boston Lager. Oh, really? You definitely got me. Oh, my God. I don't want to hang out with any of these people. I know we can't spend tons of time on each commercial. But I we've, legit hate everyone We've in this said commercial. it all before already. I mean, the one guy's got his razor sunglasses sitting on top of his hat the, the other guy's guy, wearing his fedora, his fedora okay. i mean it is like they should just you know what sam adams you can skip the whole commercial campaign and just write <laughs> sam adams the beer for fedora wearers <laughs> all right uh let me move on to episode number two this is from uh, november of 2015 as well and the title of the episode was well that got dark <laughs> and we were uh, talking about commercials that were just oddly dark and sinister Especially for products that shouldn't be dark and sinister, which makes me think what products should be dark and sinister. I don't know. Halloween costumes. That's it. Uh, or like, you know, uh, apocalypse food. <laughs> or apocalypse food, which I think I might have one of those coming up. <laughs> uh, well, this one was for Pop-Tarts. You wouldn't think that you would need darkness to sell Pop-Tarts, but I'm sure you remember this one very well. Viv. Or in the case of ice cream, Halo ice cream. Oh, yeah. That's from darkest. last week's. Um Pop-Tarts has this whole campaign. It's like an animated campaign where they uh, they uh, will personify the Pop-Tarts and they're walking around, but then they always find themselves in some sort of uh, dangerous situation because a human being 
is about to murder them yes. and eat them. Like entraps them in what turns out to be a toaster. And in this particular one, we see a, a brand new born Pop Tart in the uh, in in its little crib. What do you call the the part of the hospital? Like where a you have bassinet babies? in the nursery. In the nursery, exactly. Thank you. See, I couldn't do this without you. <laughs> um, and we see the two parent pop tarts looking through the glass, and they're coochie coochie cooing with it. And then a nurse, a human nurse, comes in and uh, makes it pretty clear what the fate of this baby pop tart is going to be. Coochie coochie coo. He so has your peanut butter. Well, he's got your jelly. Okay, I misstated that. It's actually not two mama and papa to pop tarts, but like I guess the jelly is the mom and the uh, peanut he's butter got is your the jelly. Well, you don't want to unpack the genetics here too much. <laughs> Time for a feeding. Mm. No! Ah, jam it. I remember we liked that one only because she says, ah, jam it I think at the, the end. The you mother, did get me with The that. jelly mother kind of saves it for me. Uh huh. And I know that they're just drawings and I know it's intended <laughs> to be sort of a dark joke. And look, I love Rick and Morty. You know, I, I get I love I love that kind of thing. But it just always strikes me as like a little bit too grim for breakfast food. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. All right. What else? What do you have next? So you're talking episode number three now, right? Yes. And I how could I not? This was for an episode called That's Gross. And we, mm-hmm. looked, we looked at commercials that really don't shy away from the sort of bodily functions that they have to deal with for their products and of course how could i do anything but movantic which was in some ways i feel like the inspiration for this whole dang thing i don't know how or why but this (laughs) popped up on my list later too we must have brought it up again in another show i I bet you will have a couple i was actually sort of interested to see because you and i i should say neither of us have shared with each other what we did for our kind of prep for this so that explains why one of us did not do a lot of prep. And also, <laughs> we don't know if we've duplicated any. I think that'll be interesting right. if we did, actually. And I also think it's worth mentioning that um, neither one of us have opioid-induced constipation. I, okay, yeah. I mean, I just want that on the I, record. I, let's always get that on the record, I guess. <laughs> okay, so Movantic, this is the one where the, again, another cartoon. She's walking around, and she's, actually, I think she'll explain it, the main character in this. She's sitting on a bench. Uh, next to her is a pill, a, a human-sized pill with arms and legs, and she it's an opio- opioid, and she points to it and says, this helps me with my pain. But unfortunately, it comes with some baggage, and that's when she lifts up this giant bulging suitcase, and it says constipation on the outside of it, but we know what it really means is poo. Yeah, it's full of poo. This helps me to manage my chronic pain, but it came with some baggage. You're not the only one. Opioids block pain signals by attaching... Oh, to she's just walking around. She's walking to the doctor's office with her poo bag. I like how the pill's, like, really interested in what the doctor has to say. Like, oh, well, tell me more. I've got some questions. I gotta say, the pill seems like a great friend. Well, it's apparently her companion for life, which says a bad thing about opi- opioids. Yes. ...by blocking opioids from binding to mu receptors in the bowel. Do not take Movantic if you have a bowel blockage or a history of them. Serious side effects include a tear in your stomach or intestine. Okay, let's just fold it out there, fade it out there, I should say, and uh, maybe move on. Unless there was another part of this ad. Well, I I do like how she and she. So, as we were saying yesterday, they have to have a ton of sort of just 
images and almost B-roll to get through all of the side effects. So she goes to the park with her opioid friend, Pill, and they each get like caricatures drawn of them in the park. And they hand the, the pill his and it's just like, well, yeah, it's a drawing of a pill. <laughs> it is pretty funny. I feel like this might have been written by somebody with an actual sense of humor who realized how ridiculous it was. I think that's true. But I have to say on second viewing and let me caveat this by saying we've heard from listeners who've said, look, I need opioids to function, and I have all the sympathy in the world if you have chronic pain. But it bums me out that this woman and the people for whom she is a proxy has to have that, like, the expectation is that now the opioid is just, like, her new life partner. Yeah. And it's sort of treated as, like, a casual thing, like, yep, opioids for life. Right. Okay. Uh, So we only have 96 or seven more to go. Episode (laughs) number four from uh, the very end of November of 2015. We did an episode called Sex Sells. We talked about using sex to sell products that don't have anything to do with sex. But we also tried one of the only projects we've started on the show that we did not end up following up with, which was we tried to launch an After These Messages Hall of Fame. You know, I think we, we just got s- lazy because Cheese and G's essentially covers it. But we wanted to like take some of our favorite commercials of our entire lives, yeah. anything we'd ever seen, and say, we're putting, we're putting that up on our virtual Hall of Fame shelf. And uh, these are the commercials that we want to keep adding to it. Maybe we can make it an annual thing. Maybe we can do it. We can't do it for 2016. Maybe we could retroactively do that and pick. I don't know if you care I don't know why that, that, I mean, we, every other you know, rhetorical crutch we ever came up with. We've leaned, we've leaned on to death. I don't know why that one just like didn't interest us in returning to. I think it's, I think it's pretty massive Go, going through a list on any given week and saying, I'm giving this a thumbs up or a yeah. thumbs down. That's one thing, but saying this is going to go on our, for, this is going to be our forever commercial. It kind of makes you have sympathy for the people who have to make those decisions at like the rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> right. Well, the first and only, um, commercial that I put into the After These Messages Hall of Fame was an ad. I don't know if it's called You're Super Cool, but that's how it's known. Uh, This is for L.A. Animal Services. And we see it. It's really low budget. We see it from the perspective of a driver who just got pulled over, and we see the driver, and the cop comes up to him. But the cop is talking really funny. While the cop is going through the motions of having handing him a ticket and asking for a uh, you know, license and registration, instead of asking for a license and registration, he's saying things like, you're really cool. Can I see a picture of you? Sir, do you have any idea how super cool you are? Yeah. Thanks. Can I have a picture of you for above my bed, please? <laughs> he hands him his license. It's a super cool picture. Super cool. Right to take your picture back. I don't deserve it. Also, a short poem I wrote about you. <laughs> so super cool. Then the cop walks back to his vehicle, and we look over. If only everyone saw you the way your dog does. <laughs> and the driver has a golden retriever so in the great. passenger seat, and we realize, oh yeah, that's basically how dogs look at us all the time. You're yeah. super cool. I forgot about that one. That is a great. Is ad. it not wonderful? And then it's like you know, go adopt a pet, and it's for L.A. Animal Services. Love that commercial. Uh, total, total chi. And it's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if that's a Hall of Fame winning uh, so commercial it's in the there. Tiny. Tiny Hall of Fame. Uh, All right. Oh, by the way, uh, before we move on to your next commercial, I want to note that your uh, pick for the Hall of Fame was the Honda Pilot Wolfman commercial. Yes, starring um, 
uh, Scott Adsit, who oh, right. was Pete from 30 Rock. Right. Okay, that means we're up to episode number five, I think. Let's focus group it. Yes, let's focus group it. Um, not one of our more popular shows, actually. <laughs> but Going by the numbers? Going by the numbers. But this was the beginning of the Chevy focus group oh. discussion, which has become a through line for yeah, through many of our shows. So let me tell you an interest. So we all know that the Chevy, you know, the beardy Chevy guy. We even did, we even covered a whole article with uh, in an interview with a guy who was one of these quote unquote real people, not actors. There's been just buckets of virtual ink spilled on how much everybody hates these ads, and yet they're just stuck. They've been sticking with this campaign forever. Interestingly. Very, very few of the original, like their, of their whole campaign, very, very few are actually still available. Um, I had to really go digging for this, this one where they really the cell phones and the wood chipper. Yeah, because they're still a current. They're campaign. still making new ones, but, but they but they're removing the one like the the, the one of the emojis is unfindable. Really, when you search for this now, <laughs> all you can find is the parody versions with the guy who's like digitally inserted himself into like it's a fucking what is it's focus. a fod focus. <laughs> um. So I was able to dig up the wood chipper one, which is one we especially hated from this episode. But it was, but I think Chevy is like very carefully curtailing. I think they got burnt, felt burned and pissed off about the the parody guy, and they're trying to keep more of those from happening. We're a marketing research company, so I need to collect your phone so you can't take pictures. Just destroy our cell phones. How do you feel not being connected? Oh, they throw all the phones They throw all the phones in a wood chipper. And that's everyone, right. The people react as if someone like uh, burped in front of them. Oh, you didn't just burp in front of me. Oh, you didn't just throw people my $800 kind of, phone like, into a wood oops. chipper. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate those commercials so much. They're I so hate them terrible. as much as the first day and they, I ever but saw they, them. They persist. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, they persist. They persist. Um, so that puts us on episode number six, I think, which That's is right. one that I took a look at. It was called Star Wars: The Force Advertises. Which, good job on that title. I'm sure you came up with that one. Um, <laughs> and of, we looked at all kinds of uh, commercial. It was right before. God, do you even remember which new Star Wars was coming? Well, yeah, the, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, um, and. You know, all kinds of product tie-ins. Duracell had a new Star Wars commercial, Burger King, Subway, et cetera, et cetera. There's a car that had it. Um, And so we just looked at a whole bunch, new and old. But one that I threw in there, and I I can't play the exact commercial because I just kind of needle-dropped in the middle of a 15-minute compilation of old 1970s and 80s Star Wars action figure commercials. And I'm going to play this one from the beginning. And we can stop it whenever. But as I said a lot in the early days of the show, some of my favorite commercials are the ones where you just had little kids playing with their toys and doing the voices. And, going, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. and we looked at some uh, more modern uh, kids commercials and you still see the hands of kids kind of banging their dolls together. But you have like a voice of a man yeah. kind of saying the new Iron Man, and it's always banging, and there's something so adorable about these. So here, let's listen to this one, probably from the 70s. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately, large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause, with her defender, Luke That little Skywalker. girl's voice. The rebel cause. 
and load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-size action figures. Up to 15 inches tall and ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. I like how Vader and Chewbacca are to scale with the other two characters. Like, they're not all the same height because right. they're not all the same height in the movie. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So now we're um, at episode number seven, which was a Christmas episode. Is that right? Yes, Tis the Season. This was our Christmas episode. And what else could I have possibly have selected? Vegan Christmas. I have a list in front of me right now um, of commercials that I think are kind of bedrocks of our show. Yes. Things that have defined our show. That got but a ton of reaction. The ones on my list are ones that did not end. The ones on the little list I'm holding here are ones that did not end up in the shows that I was reviewing, mm-hmm. and I was really hoping that they would end up on your list. One was Christmas Dad Ham. Yep, that's, that's what this Chris, one. Christmas Dad Ham. The other one uh, is Chevy, <laughs> yep. which we just did, and I have two more. I'm not well, going to we'll tell you what they them. are until the this end. This is a fun game. Um, but this one, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stealing your, I'm stealing your commercial. No, no, here. this is this is a, uh, a, a an ATM classic. Uh, it's an, a commercial for Hallmark, and it features a family having a nice Christmas dinner, but the the father of the, the the mother's father, the maternal grandpa, asks for ham, and that's when his daughter reveals, which I feel like this would have been a better conversation before dinner was served, <laughs> reveals yeah. that they've all gone vegan, and not only vegan, but like kind of kooky vegan. And so he's asking for ham, and she eventually gives him like a little pig ornament, but there is no ham. Looks fantastic. Dig in, everyone. Happy holidays. Honey, the food looks fantastic. The coconut oil makes the vinegar. What's this? That is seaweed and lavender. And this here? It's a tofu brick with scallion wash. I'll tell you what, I'll just have the ham. Pass the ham, please. Yeah, we're not having ham this year. What do you mean you don't have ham? It's Christmas. We decided as a family to go vegan this year. In fact, most of this has been grown right in our own backyard. You snipped it today. Sweetheart, you need some money for the no. ham. I love her so theory. much. Dad. She gives a little Where's wink when she says Dad. that. I think the parents are pretty hot for each other, actually. Dad. If your mother was alive today, she'd roll over in a grave. Let there be ham. <laughs> I love the refrigerator. It's all filled no with like ham. juices no and ham. veggies. But vegetables. I got you this. <laughs> I wish I could eat it. <laughs> Me too. There it was the the Me Too that launched a million conspiracy theories. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Is she being sarcastic? Does she want him to choke on the ornament? Does Is she, she being really sweet? wish she could have ham? She, I think that's what it is. I think that she wishes that there was ham there. For at herself le- or for her well, father? Well, at least for her father. And we're back in it. <laughs> and we're back in it. You want to dedicate the rest of the show to that? <laughs> All right. So now it's my turn. Episode number eight, uh, December 29th, 2015. Um, let's get weird. We were talking about all kinds of commercials, and this is just ongoing. We could do this episode every week. Commercials that are just taking the zany approach to advertising. Geico has some. Skittles. Of course, Old Spice has some. And of course, I think Mountain Skittles. Dew. Mountain Dew and Skittles. I, I don't know if it's fair to say that they're the godfather of it, but one of the things we realized was Skittles doesn't just make weird cartoons. They make weird mockumentaries. We found one called Skittles Struck by a Rainbow, and it features – what is it? It's like – 
about four minutes long, and it features um, a man who at one point was hit by a rainbow, and then he becomes a Skittles man. How would you describe this guy? He's a... He's human shaped, but all of his skin that you can see is appears to be Skittles, like yellow Skittles. Um, yeah, that's how I describe that, that's it. how I describe it. And of course, he's just in a, like he's a part of a, a normal family and, and everything. So I'm going to skip ahead to um, about a minute into this, and they do the perfect tone of a mockumentary uh, or the perfect send up of a documentary. Maybe is a better way of putting that. Life has changed a lot since I was struck by a rainbow. I can't control so much where the Skittles go. His wife is vacuuming Skittles that are shedding off of him. And, um, and bowls wherever, wherever we need them. He's eating his own Skittles. Scared. That's what people do. They just look and they think, I wonder what he tastes like. There's things, I mean... I don't have to go to the barber anymore. <laughs> I'm saving money there. Of course, there are good days and there are bad days, but we are going through them together. They seem to have a wheelbarrow full of free Skittles that they leave out for the neighborhood. So I guess his Skittles, when he when they fall off of him, they regenerate somehow. Yeah, I think it's like skin flakes. Oh, gross. It's the equivalent of just leaving skin flakes <laughs> all over the place, but they're edible, so they leave them in a wheelbarrow out oh, God. by the side of the I, road. I mean, I know that's obvious, but I hadn't really thought of it in those terms before. <laughs> Boy, Skittles uh, really just is like fearless when it comes to that kind of, you know, viscerally icky yes. approach. Yet, does it turn you off of Skittles? I mean, they're made of sugar. Like, obviously, I'm going to still eat Skittles. <laughs> All right. What do you have next for, uh, let's see here, this is episode nine? Yes, this is We're Spoken For, where we looked at specific um, products that had very well-established pitchmen uh, or, or women, kind of spokespeople who had established themselves as their as the, the face of the product and the voice of the product. Um, I had to pick my... My nemesis of commercials and nemesis of spokesmen, which is um, uh, Neil Clark Warren for eHarmony. And this is an ad that I, it's probably more of just a straight up G than anything, but I just hate it so much I wanted to include it in this list. This is the one where Neil Clark Warren, the founder of eHarmony, has the most treacly awful conversation with his granddaughter where they are busy bodies together in like her teacher's love life. I mean, it is revolting on every vector. And this is a hard commercial to find these days, right? Because I remember, um, didn't you find that they had pulled a bunch of these down because they were ridiculed? I think that's right. This this is one that someone's clearly taped from their television, so it's not like this is officially from the eHarmony site or anything. Grandpa, my teacher, Mr. Higgins, met a lady he really likes. Nice. No, he met her on one of those other sites, not eHarmony.com. Oh. I told him it would never last. Caroline. I told him eHarmony.com has made more marriages than anyone else. That's true. And eHarmony.com has all the hot babes. I never said that. I improvised. Stop waiting. Start communicating for free. To that is just awful. I like how uh, she has, in addition to her little uh, wispy voice, 
She has a dead-eyed stare of the children of a children of the corn. <laughs> now, did you recognize her voice? Did you realize that that is the same exact girl who was in that Star Wars toy commercial from 1976? <laughs> uh, Star Wars wasn't made. When was Star Wars made? 78? 78, I think. Uh, well, that's why the toys were so amazing. <laughs> Episode number 10, uh, we called How Drunk Are You? This was uh, early in 2016. And we had our friend Ben Harrison on the show. He is host of the podcast Let's Drink About It. And I think since then he launched, because this wasn't around then, but now he is the fancy uh, host of a very fancy podcast. I keep saying fancy because he's very famous now, right? It's well, called- it's a very, it, they did very well with this podcast. He hosts The Greatest Generation with Adam Pranica. They are hosted on Max Fun, so they're one of the Max Fun family podcasts. They do live shows that are extremely successful, and they just wrapped up the podcast for the all of the episodes of The Greatest Generation, um, and they're moving to Deep Space Nine. So today I watched my first episode of Deep Space oh, Nine. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, and you listened to every single episode I of I did. Show. It's totally worth it. And I like to think that we gave him his start. <laughs> right. Yeah, where's our invite? <laughs> anyway, um, for this one, I'm breaking the rules a little bit because uh, I'm not going to play the actual commercial. There's hardly any audio that is worthwhile, but the commercial is for 1800 Tequila and it features Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, the actor Ray Liotta from Goodfellas, Henry Hill. Um, and he just walks into a bar. He orders a tequila straight. They pour it into a glass. Oh, no, he just says 1800. Okay. So he does say 1800. I'm Batman. And then um, <laughs> he looks over as he, he's about to take a sip, and there's these two millennial guys at the end of the bar, and they're both drinking something in an up It glass, looks like a like Cosmo. Some sort of a Cosmo with a cherry in it. And they're having a good time laughing with each other, and the one guy's picking up a cherry, and he's about to put it in his mouth. But then he notices that this old has-been actor is glowering, glaring, glowering at him from across the bar, just giving him this, like, you pathetic little twerp yeah. look and uh, as he's drinking a straight tequila. And then the guy shamefully puts the cherry back down and then orders a more they, manly no, drink. I looked at this one when we were doing this because I got confused about what numbers are odd and even, um, at full disclosure. <laughs> and I can tell you that the two guys, the two millennial guys who are drinking the drinks that they obviously preferred to drink and ordered like adults. Right. They they make the bartender come over to their table and they hand him the glasses like the bartender has fucked up. (laughs) Like the bartender's mistake is that they have these drinks. Well, since the commercial doesn't have much going on for it audio wise, I figured this is the one where I'm just going to grab a clip of the show because I thought Ben was just hilarious on this. The message is that, like, if you do not perform your masculinity 100% at all times, uh, in all places, strange Rayliotas will come out of the woodwork <laughs> and shame you for it. Did, did nobody raise their hand and say, like, this is the truck nuts of commercials? Why are we making this? Like, No, I so... think somebody raised their hand and said, this is the truck nuts of commercials. <laughs> We're going to make a mint. <laughs> oh, man. That was such a fun show. <laughs> that was a fun show. And we've been talking with Ben. I think he's going to hop back on the show. Oh, yeah. I hope hopefully so. Hopefully in coming weeks. Okay. So uh, let's see. Episode number 11, Kids Sell the Darndest Things. This might be, this uh, This probably isn't one of the ones on your list, but you have to know what I picked. Now I do. This is going to be the uh, Peter Pan commercial with the patron saint of After These Messages, Thomas 
Corcosa? Good lord, it's Barbuska. Barbuska. He has his own sitcom now. I know. Like I'll never get it. I watched I'll this. Never get I watched it. this ad when I was preparing for the show, and I it holds up. It, like I know Geico. Uh, they they are so fast and loose with what their campaigns are all about, but this ad just makes me laugh so hard. It's uh, he's Peter Pan come back to his uh, high school reunion, but of course everyone's aged but him, and he's a total dick about it. Oh. Hey, man. Hey, Peter. Oh. <laughs> Joanne, is that you? It's me. You don't look a day over 70, am I right? If you're Peter Pan, you stay young forever. It's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. He's just such an asshole in the whole thing. He's flying at the end, singing that song, is sticking it, his feet in people's faces. It holds up. It's It's perfect. raw talent, right? That kid is yes. talented. And you called it. You said we looked him up on the fly yeah. on the show. You're like, who is this kid? We did a little research on him. And now he, like you said, I don't I don't know if I would say he has his own sitcom. He is on a sitcom. He is, but it's a, it's, a, it's called The Mick. It's on Fox, I think. And it's an ensemble cast with Caitlin Olsen uh, from It's Always Sunny. And it's a pretty small cast. I mean, he's one of the five main characters in it. All right. Let me take you. The year was 2016. January 26, 2016, as a matter of fact. And we did a show all about animals in advertising. Amazon was using uh, animals in advertising a lot then. Remember the small Shetland pony commercial? Yes. Um, anyway, there's a whole bunch of them. But the one that I liked the most was one that you had pointed out to me, I think, long before we even had this podcast. It was for a product called Perfect Polly, and it begins with a little <laughs> you girl. You use any excuse to get this commercial I forgot. We, we did the, I played this again recently because you did a whole commercial show all about birds. Right. Uh, but this one is a different version. This is the one where the little Next girl... Next up, reptiles. ...is waking up in bed. <gasps> she hears a tweeting and she runs downstairs. Grandma, you have a pet? It's my singing parakeet. Which is a fake parakeet. Hey, Grandma, the answer to that question is no, I don't. It comes to life when you enter the room. You have an object. Perfect Polly is motion activated. When you come near, she starts to move and sing. This life-size replica. I love this Is this still a product that you can get? It must have. Oh, no. I'll look it up right now. All right. We got to hurry up, though. We're, We're... We're spending way more time than we agreed to on these. Her cheerful lilting song can keep you company all day long. Everyone loves Perfect Polly. Parakeets are the most popular. This is the closest per- thing to a real commercial right. that is like a Bob you and You can David buy it commercial. on Amazon for the low, low price of nineteen ninety nine. Everyone loves Perfect Polly. Anyone can tolerate Perfect Polly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it's up to uh, episode number 13, Genevieve. No, You Shut Up was the title of this one. That's right. No, You Shut Up was a show we did about response ads. So campaigns that were based on responding to a competitor's claims about them and pushing back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we this is one... There were, we looked at a number of campaigns. McDonald's uh, versus Burger King has done this. Coke versus Pepsi. Um I have to tell you, I couldn't find a response, a particular response ad that I was really in love with. Um, so I actually just picked one from this that I think might have been in the ad council. Oh, uh, okay. Because there were no hard and fast rules about which ones we had to pick. And I just like this one. Uh, this is for a Volkswagen ad featuring 
a tiny baby Tony Hale. And it's the famously the Mr. Roboto ad where he's inside the Volkswagen um, and they they advertise the soundproofing. And you just uh, see him in there in the car. We don't hear any noise. He's just sitting in his little golf, which looks very much like ours. And he's sort of like going nuts, just like. It looks like he's talking to himself. Moving his arms. Moving his arms around every now and then. The taillights are flashing. He's doing the robot. And now his friend walks up and opens the door. An eight-speaker stereo. Just one of over 40 features now standard on the new golf. That's really great. Now, at the very end there, do they switch seats? No, Tony has always driving. Said, okay, yeah. yeah. No, that is a fantastic commercial. One of those that I had seen years and years and years ago, but long before I knew who Tony Hell was. And then now and do he's you recall that Arrested career. Development did a little callback to that at one yes, point, where he's and- he's got his hook and he's dancing to Mr. Roboto in the stair car. Yeah, fantastic. All right, uh, so that means I'm up now, which is oh, it's our first uh, Super Bowl show. This would be in Super Bowl number fifties. Broncos facing off against the Panthers. This is one that really put me looking back in a sense of location we went to we were living in la at the time we went to our friend's house to watch the uh to watch the super bowl uh our podcast was relatively new so everybody was kind of saying like those guys look they're watching the commercials and they're taking notes <laughs> and everybody was like so excited about uh the fact that we were uh gonna talk about these commercials later and we met a fella there his name was maurice poplar and he's a uh a director and writer and he was working on a uh working on a film we said why don't you hop on the show with us and uh uh, we just talked about um, the Super Bowl commercials that we saw the day before, and um, there were there were a whole bunch that I could get into that you would remember well. Um, but the one that, if I had to pick one, one that I think people were talking about the most, I think would have been Puppy Monkey Baby. I might just chill tonight. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy baby. I'm not even going to describe this. If you don't know what Puppy Monkey Puppy. Baby is... Yeah, monkey. look it up. Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. Just put your kids to bed first. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. Boy, this one Puppy did get people baby. talking, Puppy didn't monkey. it? Didn't it? Yeah. So weird. So weird. And they just... they It was the perfect like little buzzy thing for the Super Bowl. Good job, Mountain Dew. All right. So Have you that, ever tried that startup? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Luke came over here the other day with a bunch of weird flavored sodas for me to do a blind taste test on. That might have been one. Do we know which... Oh, that was Mountain Dew startup. Mm-hmm. I had a Mountain Dew Midnight Veil? Midnight... <laughs> Black? I don't know. Something? I don't know. All I know is it made me shaky. Uh, okay, so, oh, Man Babies and Mommy Wives, episode number 15. That's right. The the tried and true commercial formula of the dumb husband who can't do some basic household chore and the mommy wife who has to, like, help him out by doing it or shame him for not doing it. Um, I picked one that I cannot believe made it onto the air. It is unbelievably sexist it's for klondike klondike had a whole campaign that was like what would you do for klondike bar you know obviously what would you do and they had a great jingle but this is one they had a a series or a couple in the series where what the man has to do to get the klondike bar is some basic relationship maintenance and this is called listening to your wife for however many seconds five seconds 
New Klondike Mint Chocolate Chip Bars present five seconds to glory. Mark versus actually listening to his wife. Beautiful, beautiful yellow splash. And I thought we could potentially paint our foyer yellow. What do you think? I know it's yellow. I know. He did it. And then some hot babes come in and give him a Klondike bar. He listened to his wife for five seconds. He could barely do it. Wow, that is awful. Yeah. That is really awful. I forgot about that it one. It is. That is the most sexist ad we may have ever showed on the, or played on the show. It really is. And I know it's, I get that it's a joke, but in the words of a true feminist, that's not funny. But the, <laughs> Okay, I'll leave it there. Um, okay, what was next on my list? I think it was our, um, our election show our campaign ad show with our friend Libby oh, Dankman. This was so much fun. Yes, we called it the Revolution Will Be Advertised. This is when we all thought it I was I love re- remembering all of our show titles. That was actually <laughs> one of the funnest things. <laughs> this is still the uh, primary season, so we don't even know that Trump will end up going on to win the nomination of his party, let alone the big <laughs> prize. We were all in better moods back then, and we were going through a lot of the... Um, a lot of the ads that all the different candidates were running, including Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, who ran this ad. Now, you're going to notice a theme today with me, Veeves. If it's an ad where kids are playing with toys and doing the voices for them, I'm going to play it. So this is a parody of those types of ads that I played earlier, the, the Star Wars toy ads. Only this time, these kids are in their room and they're playing with uh, a bunch of action figures that are based on the candidates. Look, I got the Trump action figure. No way, it's he. What does he do? He pretends to be a Republican. <laughs> I like bailouts for the banks. Too big to fail. I gave money to Pelosi, Reed, and Anthony Weiner. <laughs> hey, Hillary. I'll give you money to be my friend. Check out my house, Mr. Trump. That's a lousy house. I'm going to take your house with eminent domain and park my limos there. Eminent domain! <laughs> then they start smashing this dollhouse together with their dolls. Um, and then I think right about now around the corner, we're going to see the two parents poke their heads into their room and just look aghast. <laughs> We wouldn't tolerate these values in our children. Why would we want them in a president? I can't believe that guy won. Best thing Ted Cruz ever did. Absolutely. Um, Which takes us to episode number 17, Rock, Paper, Scissors. What the hell was Rock, Paper, Scissors? It was a punt punt on a title because it was just sort of a grab bag of of commercials that week. Um, The Uh. Rock, Paper, Scissors actually refers to... um, Oh, I don't even remember what product it was for, but it was like an animated rock, paper, and scissors. Oh, that was a Super Bowl commercial from the year before, maybe, I think. Yeah, that was a really good commercial. It was. I just can't remember what it was. I don't yeah. either. And so, you know. I guess it wasn't that great. I guess it wasn't that great. What I chose um, was an Oscar acceptance speech uh, oh, ad yes. for Kohl's. And I think this is actually an ad council one, again, because I think we had already done the Oscars. Um, but... Kohl's is a clothing store, um, and I don't—I still don't exactly understand why they did these series of ads, except to just raise their sort of profile. But these ads are delightful. They had—they feature someone telling a kid something, and then the kid delivers uh, 
a thank you speech in the voice of a famous actor who's giving an Oscar acceptance speech. And they structure it so that the kid is, sounds like he's thanking his parents for the thing that they said, said. And so this one is um, Jeff Bridges and it's performed by a little boy talking to his parents who says he can have a spend the night. It's kind of a, uh, like a lip syncing gag. So right. you're kind of, kind of going to miss it here, but these were so good, Veeves. Okay. Scott's parents said, yes, he can sleep over. Thank you. Mom and dad. Yeah. Look. <laughs> this kid sells it. It's so good. Every little Scott gesture, his, uh, every little moment. Film and country music. Raise your hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> he raises his little friend's Thank hand. You for that, Scott, man. Thank you, guys. I wouldn't be up here without you. Thank you so much. I think also, there's, a, there's another one with I think um, Penelope Cruz, maybe. It's yes, and they're, the, they're having a tea party is that something the like that yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're just great and and again i i don't know what cole's investment in this was about but good on you coles so in uh march of 2016 you and i moved up to um seattle so that last ep- that last episode we just talked about was the last one that we did in la oh, wow. and then we moved up to seattle and we had to do a couple of shows from this uh, little temporary studio that we set up in the living room of this small suite that we were renting while we waited for uh, us to be able to move into our actual apartment. And this, I believe, was this our first cheese and G's? I think this was our very first cheese and G's. I think so, because I have the part two later. Yeah, and um, we said, you know what? We haven't been watching a lot of TV because we've been on the road, and um, we just kind of have this grab bag of things. Let's just go through some of our favorite and least favorite. So we couldn't call it Cheers and Jeers because we feared we'd get sued by TV Guide. So we called it Cheese and G's instead. And, and a tradition uh, was born. And a tradition was born. And my very first cheese <laughs> was this one, which I did confirm was first sent to us by our dear friend Phyllis Fletcher. It was an old commercial from the 80s for a little mini mart called AMPM, and they were selling hot dogs. What do you want when you're hungry for something that you really got to have? Like hot dogs. From AMPM with mustard on the bun. Two hot dogs. Just 89 cents. AMPM is the one. Say hot dogs. Hot dogs. Oh, say it one more time. When you buy the dogs, get a 12-ounce coke for just a one more dime. So when you get that special taste, remember AMPM is the place. You want it? We got it. AMPM Mini Markets. Okay, Veeves, when I say hot dogs, what do you say? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. That may be not just my favorite commercial, but my favorite song. Thank you, Phyllis, for sending that again. Uh, Episode number 19, The Most Interesting Male in the World. This was another one that we did from that temporary place we were staying. Right. And and because we were sort of hamstrung in in being able to access new content, uh, we looked back at all. I think this was our first Ad Council show where we use exclusively feedback from the, the ad council. Uh, I apologize. I did not note down who sent us this ad, but it's an ad that I, I think we've even talked about it in other shows. Um, I think like we might've talked about in the show where we talked about couples that, why are you together? Like, we definitely did. Yeah. But this is a, an ad for the Buick Enclave and it features a couple sort of spying on their neighbors from their kitchen window uh, and noticing that their neighbors have gotten a new car. Looks like the Garcia's got a new car. What'd they get? I don't know. Maybe he got a raise. Good for him. Good for her. 
she's checking out the fella. Yes, every time I watch this, I'm more convinced that the wife in the kitchen, that the that the wife who's watching the the Garcias, has the hots for Mr. Garcia. Because as soon as she she looks at him and then says good for her, and her husband gives her big time side eye. Yeah, was that ever a mystery? I thought we knew for sure that that's what she was saying. Good for her because she's like the 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 other wife has hooked up with a handsome man with a good job, right? Yeah, I guess so. I just I I wasn't sure if the read on it was like she's got the hots for him in that way, or if it was more like, oh, I wish we were doing as well financially as they. Are. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And her husband's interesting interestingly cast in that i want to say too because he's kind of got longish he looks like he works in an office but probably like some sort of a tech startup yeah he's a little he's he could be a good looking guy but they they've clearly put glasses on him to make him look like glasses that don't fit his face to make him look worse this next episode was number 20 we called it it's raining on my face it was a bunch of ads that clearly tug on the heartstrings try to make you cry it was from uh, march 22nd of 2016 and um this is something that's going to come up a lot later on in our shows and probably later on in this specific episode that you're listening to right now uh, I actually didn't pull this one you didn't yeah. um, because we did a show later on that was all about father and daughter ads which has really become a trope and we talked about that I don't know let's say three months ago um, and we'll talk about that more in a moment um, and me and our guest Aaron were kind of especially he and I both being guys, he being a father of a couple of little girls talking about how these really emotional father-daughter ads pull on our heartstrings and whether or not they were kind of as effective for you, Genevieve, a woman. And um, since then, I will say, we have seen so many more. Just since that last episode we did on this topic, and it's become... I feel like a parody of itself. Yeah, Either they're, they're I'm paying so too much attention to it now or there has been a surge in these goddamn things. And Subaru, They're all alike. They're, they're all exactly alike. alike. And Subaru did it really well with some smart ones early on that seemed really touching, well-written, well-acted, well-executed, all those things. There is one for Windex now, like a two-minute ad that plays before movies that you and I have seen a couple of times that takes you through all the same paces but is all gloss without any of the feeling. And maybe we're just a a nerd to it a little bit. Um, But uh, anyway, this was one of the original ones that we did talk about. And it's still – I still like this one. This is the one where we see a little girl behind the wheel of a Subaru – Her dad, who's a really fit guy, but he's clearly kind of in his late 40s or 50s, is talking to her through the window. But again, he's seeing her just as a little girl behind the steering wheel. And at the very end, we realize that she is his teenage daughter. He was just seeing her as a little girl the whole time. So uh, your seat good? Get the mirrors all adjusted. You can see everything okay? Just stay off the freeways, all right? I don't want you going out on those yet. Just leave your phone in your purse. I don't want you texting. Daddy, okay? Okay, there you go. He hands her the keys. <laughs> Be careful. Thanks, Dad. Call me, but not while you're driving. We knew this day was coming. That's why we bought a Subaru. Love. It's what makes, what a, makes Subaru. a Subaru. Subaru. That's a really good one, right? Yeah. If you're going to do a daddy-daughter ad, it's not like the... There are other Subaru ones that are more in the pattern of just like, oh, we see her as a little girl, then we see her grow older. And There's we the have one where he flashbacks. cleans out the car and yeah. he finds all these little mementos that rem- take him back to the the moment that she broke her leg playing mm-hmm. soccer or she went to the prom or whatever. That's so much 
the mold that these fit into. Um, whereas I think that one's nice. It's a different approach, although it's, it hits the same emotional notes. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really good. I think it holds up. Our next episode was all about tax season and the tax preparer <laughs> commercials. It was called taxin and relaxin. You must have come up with that. I'm one. sure I did. Look, not every That's title good. is a Are you home kidding run. me? That one is my favorite <laughs> ever. That is a home run. Uh, so which commercial did you pick from that? So there are about three major tax com- tax pre- preparation companies, either tax preparation software that you do yourself or like H&R Block that does it for you. Um, and they all around tax season have, they just blanket the airwaves, right? Mm-hmm. This is one for TurboTax that I just thought was kind of a best in class. Um, TurboTax did a whole campaign around this idea of like, look, your taxes aren't that complicated if you... Our, our TurboTax software is so simple that, you know, you can, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or doesn't take a genius or doesn't take a whom at whatever, pick your, pick your sort of say, your metaphor to tell you, of, did you buy a house? Now, so this is one with um, a guy named George Smoot. Um, George Smoot is an American astrophysicist, cosmologist. He's a Nobel laureate. Uh, he was also noteworthily one of the two contestants to win the million-dollar prize on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Um, so this is an ad where there's a guy, he's filling... It's. I love all the sort of class signaling in this ad, too. There's a guy dressed in a very casually in, like, jeans and a hoodie, um, and he's filling up his above-ground pool with the hose, and he's holding his phone, and he's trying to decide you know, should he, how he should fill out his tax returns here when George Smoot, this super genius, comes out. Meet Tim Mahoney. Tim thinks you need to be some sort of mastermind to do your own taxes. So we flew in mastermind George Smoot to help him. Okay, what does it say there? It says, did you buy a home? Did you buy a home? Yes. Then I press there. (laughs) It doesn't take a genius to do your taxes. Into it, turbo tax. I had forgotten about that one. That was a great commercial. It was a great commercial, and they had a whole series of those. I love it. Okay, uh, next up is me, episode number 22. It was our first Battle of the Spokes Critters, where we uh, take a, you know, let's say snap, crackle, pop, and put them up against the Keebler Elves and uh, other uh, fights to the death like that. Um, but what came out of this one was actually not from that segment, but from the April Fool's campaign segment that we did in the same show um it was it was uh we did this on april 5th so april fool's day had just passed and we wanted to look at what various companies had done for their campaigns and i think we both agreed that hamburger helper won the year yes with their mixtape high with their mixtape that they had hired some real musicians to make Called Watch the Stove. I've been in the kitchen, whipping, whipping. I've been chefing, mixing with my left hand. Water whipping and I'm stirring. Y'all want beef and I'm a serving. Water whipping and I'm stirring. Y'all want beef and I'm a serving. I stir it, I stir it, I stir it, I stir it. I hit the pop of this spatula. I mix it, I mix it, I whip it, I whip it so good you would think I'm a natural. Water whipping and I'm stirring. Y'all want beef and I'm a serving. I love this so much. Oh my god, it just gets better. They went on to perform uh, these songs live at some special events. 
I'm going to try to say the name of the group. They were, we found out later, based in uh, the Twin Cities, because uh, a buddy of ours actually knows some of these cats. Uh, Decatextron? I think it's Decexatron. Decexatron. Or, or Dequexatron. And uh, Bobby Raps and a couple of other people. Um, anyway, I absolutely DJ love Tips. it. Is that what his DJ tips? I, there's a lot of eyes. That's how I say it. <laughs> uh, I'm not big on April Fool's Day, but I thought that. I mean, was it doesn't really qualify amazing. as a prank. It's just great. It's just it's just great. It's yeah. just in, in the right spirit. All right, so you're up next. I'm lost. Where are we? We're on we episode 23. number 23. And this was from an episode we did called "I Made You a Playlist," where it was sort of an abstract concept. In hindsight, we each sort of made. Uh, put together a sort of a list of commercials that we wanted the other person to see. Um, and it's so funny that you just played a, a song instead of a commercial because I pulled this, I also just pulled a song <laughs> from this. I don't remember exactly how this worked into our playlist, but this is a song that is the Jolly Green Giant theme song or sort of a, a song about the Jolly Green Giant. Can I interject here Interject here because I think I remember the show that I just talked about was Battle of Spokes Critters and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we had the Jolly Green Giant go up against somebody and then I think a listener sent That's us right. this song to either um, back up our argument or argue against us because this is a song called the Jolly Green Giant. Right and it's by this band called the Kingsmen. In the valley of the Jolly Oh, that's right. Yeah, somebody that's said why he's the really cat's mean. so mean. Yeah. He's got green balls, I yes, think we said. That's and that's right. why he's like uh, the Kingsman, uh, who are famous for Louis Louis. Oh, of Louis, Louis. Um, so now it's my turn. Now I say something. We're up to episode number 24. We got to figure out if we're going to complete this entire show because we are one hour into our recording <gasps> oh, so God, far and we're, and we're a only a quarter of the, way. the way through. So this might be a two parter. If we enjoy this, we might need to pick I'm this up again I'm enjoying myself, week. but I... I don't think we can do a four-hour show today, though. I don't think we can though. do a four-hour show. And we'll try to move this along a little bit uh, more quickly. I thought Ep- we were moving fast. Episode... Well, time flies when you get to hang out with me. Uh, episode number 24, uh, we called Master of Puppets because we had our dear friend Kat Solon on. Now, the thing is, I said dear friend, and I do consider her, her a very dear friend now, but when we had her on... We didn't know her. It was the first time we actually met her. She was a listener to the show. And she said, you know, I work in commercials and I listen to your show. And I think we said, well, if you work in commercials, do you want to be on the show? And then that's when we learned that she is uh, a master. Is puppeteer the right word or puppet creator? No, she's, she's, a, puppeteer. she's a practical effects right. expert. So that's she does puppets. Uh, that's she why does, she likes you better. She does, you know, like uh, mostly she works in puppets, but for, for practical effects and things. And one thing I think we learned during the show, because this wasn't on our show sheet, I just remember this. We learned during the show that she um, was the one who created the actual three dimensional Rick and Morty action figures that appeared in this promo for a Adult Swims, uh, Adult Swims, Rick and Morty. Um, I don't even know how to describe this one. But once again, we have a commercial where kids are playing with action figures 
and doing the voices for them. Rick and Morty action figures, licensed character, merchandise adventure. Holy crap, Morty, run! We're gonna die! No! Rick will use his portal gun to get us out of here. Professional actors do not attempt. Snuffles want to be understood. Help us! Help us! This is pretty weird. So fans of uh, Rick and Morty tend to be hardcore fans. And uh, when Cat made these action figures just for this commercial, people were hounding her, I think. How can I get those action figures? I think she might. Did she say that she has any of them? She has a lot of the puppets and dolls and things that she's made from a number of her projects. I can't remember now if she had these or not. I was uh, coincidentally texting with her last night, just catching up, and um, maybe it wasn't coincidentally, maybe from doing all of this I was thinking about her. Uh, But she said she'd be happy to pop on the show again. She's made some new commercials. I can't remember what uh, phone service of some sort, uh, I think. Um, And so she wants to come on the show and talk about them. So we will do that with her uh, soon. Um, But we are now up to episode number two. 25 and it was called please mom this is one where nick allers was our guest and we were talking about commercials for products that we lusted after as children and um i didn't see how i could play anything but this one that's so close to your heart so close to my heart yeah you picked one for me yeah this is like a wedding (laughs) oh yes I think that's still the only song that I have memorized from start to finish from my youth. I love that. Um, so now we're up to episode number 26. And this one was called Why So Serious? And we we're talking about commercials that were just generally way too much, too intense, too scary, too serious. Uh, we again had a guest on the show who's Aaron Roden of the Air Raid uh, podcast, um, which, by the way, we should do a shout out. He has a brand new I think Air Raid has kind of quietly gone to bed, but he's got a brand new podcast he just announced this week. Do you remember the name of it, Veeves? I believe it is the Artist Home Podcast. The Artist Home Podcast, where Aaron's going to be interviewing um, uh, artists and musicians and uh, all kinds of people. Anyway, you can check that out. Uh, But (laughs) this Why So Serious show brought to our attention this Australian tourism video slash commercial directed by none other than Boz Lerman. And it is so dark. We um, see this woman who's working hard. It's late at night. It's raining. She's in a big city. um, And she just seems way too stressed out. At one point, and I think I'm going to start the tape from right here, we hear part of a phone conversation between her and her partner, wherever he is. And it sounds like their relationship cannot withhold the um, stress of her job and all of her responsibilities. And um, here, let's pick it up here. Well, it doesn't matter how late I'll be up. Hey, it's me. Sorry, I haven't called earlier. Busy day? <laughs> Hasn't ended yet. 
life's never going to change, is it? Can we please not have this argument now? It's always worked. What are you saying? Now, while she's having these conversations and going about her day, we see... Daring to have a professional life. I know. The message on this is not great. Uh, We see like a little aboriginal boy who is uh, shirtless and shoeless, and he's um, standing out in the rain, uh, kind of outside her window looking up. He's just kind of like following her around the city, kind of lurking about. A lot of of troubling things in this commercial, but we're about to get to my favorite part is... She hangs up the phone, she goes to bed, and then as she's asleep, he sneaks into her room, this little boy does, and says, sometimes we all need a walkabout. (laughs) You're not the same person I fell in love with. Sometimes we have to get lost to find ourselves. Sometimes we gotta go walkabout. So I didn't have it perfectly. And then she goes to... Does this to, make you want to tour Australia? Uh, no, not really. Um, so she goes to Australia. She's swimming around. She's reconnected with the man in her life, which is way more important than whatever stupid work she was all stressed out about, right? Like, yeah, let, totally. Let the men do the work. I mean, the scenery from Australia is amazing. It is obviously. breathtaking. And then um, at the end, the text says, she arrived as Ms. K. Matheson, executive VP of sales. She left as Kate. At least she didn't leave as Mrs. Joe Smith. Yeah, that's that is I true. That was going. That's a good point. But I don't even like the Ms. in no. that either. I think it's an impl- implied... Um, that she needs to leave her professional career behind. Okay, uh, episode number 27, uh, Cheese and G's part two. Part deux. Part deux. Um, I can never help myself when I go to... Wait, we had a funnier name for this than just part two, though, didn't we? I don't remember. Okay, I'm going to look that up while you tell me what commercial this is. So when I'm looking at these Cheese and G's commercials or shows, I can never help myself. I always gravitate towards the the uh, the, G- the G's mm-hmm. because they they're so much more interesting and more fun than ones that we that I really hate. Um, this is the one for um, a pan the Pandora charm bracelet. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I forget what it's actually called. It's like the whatever. It's just the Pandora charm bracelet. And this is a, a couple that's at a cocktail party where the man in the couple has a new female boss and his wife gives him oh, all of this, right. like this, the, the straight skinny on his new boss because she recognizes what all of her charm bracelet, you know, signifies. That's your new boss? Yeah. Well, your boss loves the beach. Really? She's been to London, Paris, and her son plays baseball. Or her daughter. No. I speak Pandora. Yeah. He went to Jared. Celebrate. Do you speak Pandora? I do not. And I will not. (laughs) The full episode was Cheese and G's part two. It's quizness time. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think we also did a quiz in that one. I didn't want to sleep on that. We have some other funny uh, Cheese and G's shows coming up, I think. Um, Let's see here. So are we on number 28? Oh, yeah. This is one that you forced me to name. Or forced us to name Cinemadvertising. 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 It's not complicated. It's a perfectly legitimate portmanteau. (laughs) I still hate that name, but I do love this commercial. So the um, idea of this was not to talk about real commercials, but to talk about commercials that are in movies and TV. So not Saturday Night Live 
parodies. But like, for example, this one came from RoboCop, a movie that has a lot of internal fake commercials. And it's for a board game called Nukem. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. <laughs> That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. God, it's oh like it's, it's too prescient. Yeah, I want to see that uh, movie now after watching that. They have so many good. That's Paul Vanderhoven? Verhoven. Verhoven. Which I just watched Showgirls this weekend. I oh, mean, I've seen it before, too, yeah. but I had forgotten that that was him too. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the, I mean, it's, it's delightfully campy in its own way, but it doesn't have the sort of commentary that RoboCop and Star Trek Troopers and that kind of movies have. So what was episode number 29? Homo Suburbanist. Do you remember this one? This was like commercials for a bunch of just like suburban, fix this suburban problem. Exactly. Fix this suburban problem. That's exactly right. Um, There were two products in this group of ads. And this is things like the hose that's that like coils up real small or the the seal it uh, stuff that you can like paint it on the bottom of a screen door and use it for a rowboat or whatever. And would you also throw in your gator grip into this? Um, I think gator grip might have been in this one. But the ad that I chose was one of a category of products for which there are several contenders. But I thought this one was the best. This is for night glow seats, <laughs> which is when they're, you don't want to turn on the light in your bathroom because it will apparently, I don't know, disrupt your whole thing. And so this is the, the it should just be called ghost toilet because <laughs> the seat is just a glow in the dark seat and it's so horrifying and also the audio is great. Do you wake up the whole house when you go to the bathroom at night? Not anymore. Introducing glow in the dark toilet seats from Night Glow. Go from this to this all without turning the lights on. Night Glow seats are for kids, the elderly, the bad aimers. Order now at nightglowseats.com. $49.99 plus shipping and handling. Night glow seats come in two colors, blue glow and green glow, and two shapes. The bad aimers. And when when you hear that little ding after the bad aimers, there's a kid that uh, looks at the camera and does a wink and finger guns. Great. Um, all right. We did an episode called Working It, where we were talking about commercials set in the workplace. But in that, we also uh, added a segment that we should bring back called Get It Right, Dummies, in which case, <laughs> in which we talked about commercials where people were saying lines that just didn't make sense. It was clear that they were trying to riff on something that they didn't get. And I think the perfect example of it was the uh, Hyundai Elantra Bears commercial, and it's it's advertising a feature in a car where you can start the car with the sound of your voice. And I think this is a Super Bowl commercial. And there's a couple, and they're running through the woods. They're being chased by bears. As they get near their car, they just say something like, start, and the car starts, and they're able to hop in and drive away. And then... The bears become talking bears, and they sit down, and they discuss with each other what just went wrong. This is also file under too serious. Yeah, it starts very scary. Start my car. Having learned how fast bears can run. It starts. Remote start on the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Did he just talk start that car? I just wanted to hug him. I was going to eat him. 
thought you were vegan. That's my cheat day, so I'll just eat around it. That's not what those things mean. Okay, no. if you're vegan, you're not going to eat meat. That makes sense. But you don't have a cheat day if you're a vegan. But even if you do, you can't eat around you can't it. Eat around and if you're it. cheat day, you don't need to eat around it. You can just eat whatever. It is infuriating, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yes. Episode number <laughs> 31. I, I can't. I can't get into that because it just makes me so angry that they let that go on TV. It's so Okay, I don't want to talk about it. You're doing a great job of okay, not talking about you it. You got to start somewhere was the episode title of episode number 31. Yes. What was the, I don't re- oh. This was all about people who got their start doing ads. There were some great yes. ones of Brian Cranston. Yes. There was Aaron Paul. A it wasn't hot, all breaking bad actors. Hot Brian there was, Cranston, oh, right? Uh yeah, he he had a hot one for like a shampoo. I think it was right. uh, like a, a like a salt and blue or something. Ooh, Mr. White in the shower. Um, but he was so hot when he was young. Um, there was like Megan Mullally, um, uh, Meg Ryan, uh, a bunch of people. Tori Amos did a cornflake commercial, ironically. Um, but the one I picked is just, it's not great for this show because it's, there's not a lot of, or any talking. So I'll just describe it. But it just fills me with glee. It is starring Bruce Willis. It's for Seagram's Wine Coolers. It's in his like Bruno uh, era of Bruce Willis when he's also trying to be like a blues guy or something. He's wearing a white Miami Vice style suit with a gray t-shirt underneath. These like Robert Palmer style babes come in and start dancing with him at this kind of like fancy bar. And then they dance their way out of the door in the most swishy way I have ever seen and it's so great like Bruce Willis is just having the most fun yes it's wonderful now um, and then and then as they're dancing all the girls stop being like sort of like glamorous sexy and become like fun sexy yeah and, and he does too he strips off he, his uh, jacket and now he's just now he's t-shirt fun. tucked into white pants he's he is Oh, they went down into a blues bar. They got rid of the, yeah, the fancy yeah. banquet, and now they're just in the basement of a blues bar. Uh-huh. And um, uh, who plays uh, who plays uh, Lando Calrissian? Like, poor man's Lando Calrissian is the bartender. <laughs> and the name of the blues band is Poor Man's Lando Calrissian, <laughs> I think. Um, I forgot about that, and I love it. Episode number 32, we simply called We Can Hear You Now. This was from June of 2016, and we call it that just because the news of the week was that Verizon's old pitch man, Paul Marcarelli? Is that how you would say his name? Marcarelli, maybe? Okay. He switched to Sprint, and these commercials are still airing. They're, I'm going to say now, the most some of the most irritating commercials on television. When this campaign was new, we thought, hey, that's pretty clever. You get the old, very, very iconic spokesperson for the other company, bring them over to you, and then you can kind of take shots at the other company. And the first one wasn't great, and I'll play that one for you now. Hey, I'm Paul, and I used to ask if you could hear me now with Verizon. Not anymore. I mean, he's definitely smug right off the bat. It's 2016, and every network is... He's walking down the street, and his head is doing, like, this little wiggle thing. It's a wiggle of smugness I don't like. It was Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile rates. So I switched to Sprint, and millions more have, too. Can you hear that? 
Ooh, Ooh, can you one. hear that? I remember that it kind of irritated me a little bit back then, but now having they really piled it having on. a year of this campaign and him interacting with other people and trying to like kind of Paul splain things to them yeah. is really irritating. I just feel bad for everyone involved. <laughs> do you? Why do you feel bad for him because he kind of really got mistreated by? I think he got mistreated Verizon, by Verizon. Right? I think he has few options left, and I like, and I don't like the campaign, and I just don't like any of it okay but you feel bad for everybody but you don't feel that because i almost feel ang- anger towards that campaign i don't at know this it point. just feels sad to me okay uh number 33 was no one asked for that i have no idea what that's about this was a show we did about sort of product innovations or promises or pitches that weren't that were answering a question that no one asked. And I think uh, a great example is the commercial that I picked, which is the Coors Light certified cold label bottle. This is also another focus group ad. I remember this commercial and us talking about this, but I don't remember the rest of the show. So it was like them trying to solve problems that nobody really... That don't exist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Damn it, How can you tell pitch- if a beer is cold? Was- how will we ever figure out if beer is cold? Oh, is this one of the commercials where the can is going to tell you how cold it is? The label will. Oh, my goodness. I remember these. Let's take a listen. This year, we're launching the Coors Light Cold Certified Bottle. When the mountains change color, your beer is certified cold. I don't see any mountains. So when's the bottle change color? No, the label changes color. My beer has not changed color. When does the label turn into beer? I still don't see a mountain. I like it. No, the label changes color. There you go. It's the new Coors Light Gold Certified Bottle. When the mountain changes color, your beer is certified cold. I think hey they guys, ha- what's going on? Shh. Mountains are going to change color. I think that they had to make all the guys in that just like stone cold idiots because that's their target market. I guess so. And also, does that sell the product? Because it seems like... What she's saying is they're all staring at the bottle saying, I don't see it. I don't see it. Not only is it something that we don't need, but also aren't they arguing against their own new product innovation? And why is the pro- why is the label going to turn blue or whatever in their hand? Either it's already colder. It's not, not going to get colder in their hands. Right. Okay, let's move on. Episode number 34, Drug Dealers. We finally did the show about prescription drug advertising, which was probably the number one requested show. It took us 34 weeks to get there. We finally did it. The commercial that I picked... Suitcase full of poo. <laughs> Movantic. Well, I think we can skip over that. I think that. we can skip that one and go right to episode number 35. Coffee is for hosers. I don't know what this is about, but I love that title. This was a show all about Canadian advertising. Oh, right. Which right, basically right. means it's a show full of Molson advertising. Yeah, right. But uh, Molson is like the Canadian beer. And it's not just their beer. It's like their identity. I mean, I, I guess Budweiser is going for that in America as like America's beer. But Molson has locked it up. They have so many ads that are kind of about what it means to be Canadian. There's a famous one called The Rant where this guy says like i don't i i call a chest i call a couch a chesterfield like i don't say a boot oh yes yes he's on a stage like almost like a rally but the one i picked is called the code and i like it because it wasn't it was a little more funny and a little more i thought sort of succinct than the rant one um this is the the code of what it means to be canadian 
is an unwritten code in Canada. If you live by it, chances are you've left your coat on some pile and knew it wouldn't get stolen. You've never made a move on your buddy's girlfriend. You know that on a road trip, the strongest bladder determines the pit stops. You've kept all your hockey trophies. You've replaced someone's pint if you knock theirs over. If your buddy's in trouble, you've got his back. You- Wait, hold on. In in the United States, do we not replace somebody's pint if we tip it over? I don't know if you've noticed, but we are a nation of assholes. We are a nation of assholes, but I feel like even the biggest asshole in the bar, if he knocks your beer over, he's going to buy you a new one. I mean, let's hope. Pint if you knock theirs over. If your buddy's in trouble, you've got his back. You clap for the dancer even though she shouldn't be a dancer. You've used <laughs> to curb your stick. You've used your arm as an ice scraper. And you've grown a beard in the postseason. This is our beer, Molson Canadian. I only vaguely remember you playing that commercial for me. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one, too. That's really good. Um, Episode number 36 was called Foreign Exchange, and we looked at all these foreign commercials specifically that had American actors in them because this isn't like how they got their start. Even big-name actors will go over to Japan or Europe and do commercials there and apparently get a lot of money, and they can be goofy or maybe lesser quality, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to ruin their reputation. Yeah, and they still get paid in American. But when it comes to uh, Nicolas Cage, you can't be goofy enough for this guy. Oh, God bless. He, this is probably in the 90s, is going over to Japan and advertising pachinko games. There, um, There's a specific brand, Sankyo, I want to say, and Pachinko is a like pinball style gambling game involving little metal balls. And there's a specific maker of these things called Sankyo. And he was doing this whole ad campaign for him. And they are off the wall bizarre. Yes. I don't even know how you picked one to be your favorite because they're all amazing. He's playing himself in a lot of these because in one he's on like kind of a, a red carpet that turns into some sort of a press avail. He's answering questions, but he's going on and on about pachinko. And everything or he looks at looks like pachinko balls. Yes, to him. yes. It's very focused on the silver ball imagery. So all of these ads. You see these sort of silver balls everywhere. There's one where he's uh, some sort of a farmer and he's driving through the fields and then all of a sudden a bunch of like spacemen that are made of metal balls come down and stop his truck and then he gets out and starts dancing with all of them. It is – I mean they are – I would watch all of them back to back and that's maybe even better than Wild at Heart. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably. I love these commercials. I chose this one that is not my favorite, but the the most... Definitely um, better than The Wicker Man. (laughs) Definitely better than The Wicker Man. Uh, This commercial, he's sitting behind a piano. I only chose it because it works the best on a podcast. He's sitting behind a piano in what appears to be his home, which is oddly decorated. He's wearing sunglasses inside. It's not that bright. It looks like he might even be wearing a pajama shirt. And he's singing... I'm Nicholas Cage, and this is a song for you. My favorite things, my favorite things. Blue jeans, see a red-haired girl. Sweet peanut butter, a slow-burning candle. Cup of tea and a good book. The dance of the reindeer, and also pachinko. Yeah, pachinko, pachinko, wasakyo. Did he 
say a dance of the reindeer? I think you did say a dance of the reindeer. I was going to ask you the same damn question. If you guys have any free time, I beg you, just look up that whole campaign yeah, and just watch totally them all. And bring the family in for that one. All right, so uh, episode number 37 now. This was Don't Change Horses in Midstream, which was our show about fake political ads. Uh, Things like Bob Roberts... um, I forget what there you know there's so many uh movies that have had fake political uh you know veep we have there was the Jonah Ryan uh congressional campaign ads from veep which I really looked at but ultimately I had to go with this ad from a da- the Dave Chappelle show um where he has an idea for a a, a healthcare solution too and I'll show it to you right now it's my first campaign ad it'll be on the air soon <laughs> Although America is the greatest nation in the world, we still face many modern problems. And modern problems require modern solutions. Healthcare is in shambles. Medicaid doesn't work. And the insurance industry has made medicine virtually unaffordable. Meanwhile, our neighbors in Canada have free healthcare for all their citizens. So what am I suggesting? Fake Canadian ID cards for all Americans. They get sick. Run on up to Canada and get yourself checked out. I'm Dave Chappelle, and I want to represent you. <laughs> that is wonderful. I totally forgot about that. And I've, I must have seen that in the original show and when you played it for me on this podcast. Oh, Dave Chappelle. We're not so, good enough for you. No, we are not. Um, he's not the hero we deserve. He's the hero that we want. Episode number 38 was called Campaignful. Uh, we were talking. You didn't about- like that one either. You hate that one, and you hate cinema advertising. I did hate cinema advertising. It's cinema advertising. <laughs> well, you're making me cinema advertising. <laughs> <laughs> this one, uh, campaignful, was not about political campaigns. We just wanted to talk about some new. Uh, campaigns that were out there, uh, advertising campaigns, and we did an update to the DirecTV Bon Jovi ads. Now, I haven't seen these in a while, so it ended up being a short campaign. And we asked ourselves, do we still like these? Because the first Bon Jovi DirecTV commercial came out, and I think we were pretty charmed by it. It was advertising a feature on DirecTV where if you start watching any show and you're bummed that you missed the beginning of it, with the touch of a button, you can go back to it. And you have this couple, and they're sitting in their living room. They're complaining that they uh, can't go back in time. And then all of a sudden, Bon Jovi appears with his guitar, and in song... Using song tells them that they can go back. I forgot to record that show. Now we have to wait forever to see it. With DirecTV, you don't. You see, we got the power to turn back time. The show you miss, let's just go back and find. And let's go back and choose spicy instead of mild. And maybe reconsider having that second chance. Now, we loved that part. So, um... Uh, we see a kid, like their kid, scribbling on the wall and creating a mess in the corner. And he says, maybe we should reconsider having that second child. So these people and, – and we like that because it was dark and funny. And it was walked right up to the line. Yeah. But we thought um, – didn't cross the maybe line. Reconsider having that second child. See, that's the power to turn back time. Then they always end Watch with a little uh, – right away. Close up on uh, Bon Jovi's face, and he's, it's a little bit winky, and I really liked that. But then they created two new ones, and they got 
consistently worse. Yeah. And so by the third one, it was really bad, and uh, and the jokes didn't land. And anyway, so that that campaign has stopped. It ha- did stop. Maybe they just couldn't afford Bon Jovi anymore. Yeah, and Direct- maybe. Oh, that can't be right. DirecTV has all the money for advertising. Um, did I get out of order? No, that was episode number 38, right? So now we're on number 39. That's right. This is for Use as Misdirected. We looked at ads that tried to advertise the strengths of their product by showing how they could be used um, in some unconventional way, either for a thing that you would never need them to be that strong for or another idea of how to use your use their product like there was one for mayonnaise where you can use it as like instead of butter on your grilled cheese which i thought was clever but i think the granddaddy of all uses misdirected is will forever be the ginsu knife commercial (laughs) the ones that we grew up with the ones we grew up with in japan the foot can split wood but it can't split a watermelon This is Ginsu 2, a complete set of knives like this Ginsu chef's knife. It'll cut through a branch and still remain razor sharp. And look, the dual edge is like two knives in one. But wait, you also get this matching Ginsu cleaver. It can split a log, yet handle your most delicate chopping. It's even designed to be a meat tenderizer. How's that for a clever cleaver? Well, we'll even give you this fantastic Ginsu slicing knife. The more you use it, the better it cuts. How's that for sure? What are three Ginsu knives like this worth? Don't answer because After you this, also get a pricing. pair of pairing knives. And a Don't answer knife. yet. I love that. That oh god. Now, can you still get a Ginsu knife? Can you look that up quickly? Sure. Now that that I would find interesting because that is a brand that I mean, I guess younger generations wouldn't know of it, but you know, maybe we're the we're the last of a generation that Ginsu knives is. Right on the tip of the tongue, I feel like. Uh, yes, you can get a 14-piece stainless steel serrated Ginsu knife set from Amazon for forty-one twenty-nine. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Episode number 40 we called Slow Your Pre-Roll. This was from August of last year, 2016. And we just looked at all the pre-roll ads, the stuff you'll see before a YouTube video will play or uh, Hulu or what have you. And I think we both agree that the company that mastered this, the company that said this is a new medium and we are going to really take advantage of this medium is Geico. And they created a bunch of these short 15-second little ads that were called unskippable. And they said you can't skip this ad because it's already over. And they only used the first five to six seconds of the ad to set up some sort of establishing shot some sort of establishing premise, but then everybody just freeze frames. A voice comes on and says, you can't skip this because it's already over. But they clearly didn't actually freeze the frame. All the actors and actresses just stop and things keep going on around them. And this one I'm going to uh, play for you. It's a family around a table. The mom's pouring milk, I think. And then she freeze frames and the milk continues to pour <laughs> out of the glass. And then a dog comes in out of the frame and starts eating off the family's plates. Don't thank me. Thank the savings. You can't skip this Geico ad because it's already over. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I guess I was wrong on that. She's not pouring anything, but the dog just comes in and starts eating <laughs> off their plate. So after the commercial's over, you still have about five seconds of everything uh, just kind of falling apart in those ads. They also had the – I couldn't find an example. These are my very favorite. They um, would begin a premise, 
And then the voice would come and say, this ad's already over. And then it would skip to the end and clearly some major thing happened. Yeah, I think those are my favorites. Those were my favorites, but they've all been taken offline and I don't know why. And Geico creates... Geico created a hundred ads since I started this sentence. Yeah. So you, it's really hard to go back and find specific ones. But yeah, yeah they, they, they just really, disappear into the ether. They're, what they're doing is amazing. I think, Veeves, we're going to need to. We're up to episode number 41 now, but we're almost an hour and a half into this show. So uh, I think what we need to do is just concede that we're going to have to do 50 ads this week and let's do another 50 next week i think that works I, I don't think that, that we can subject either ourselves or the listeners to the uh, amount of time it would take to do all 100 and i feel like i've been talking way too fast so next week i'll just know like <laughs> we, we should only have gotten have the micro machines guy for i this know month. this is ridiculous i do that instead of just like being more um economical with my language i just talk faster sure and that makes it what my advisors call unlistenable <laughs> uh episode number 41 was called the thrill of victory the agony of olympics commercials <laughs> that's good um so i take it we're talking about olympics commercials. yes and as you well know i hate the olympics I do and all that. that they stand for um and all that they stand for most of what they stand for um there are uh most olympics ads are terrible or i shouldn't say they're terrible they're predictable they're just like beautiful athletes and their amazing bodies performing feats of incredible athletic strength and speed and whatnot. But I kind of liked the ones that did something a little bit more interesting. And I thought this one for Samsung with the um, British comedian Jack Whitehall was pretty funny. He did a couple of these with other, I believe, mostly British athletes. Um, and this is one with um, Katie Taylor, who's a boxer where so Jack Whitehall gets in the ring with this boxer, Katie Taylor, and uh, sort of he's sort of preening and acting like he's going to be able to have a, a legitimate boxing match with her. Lower, Jack. Lower. She's, oh. she's telling him to get lower, to get under the ropes, to get into the, into the ring. So, Jack, have you got any experience boxing? Uh, yeah. I may be built like a feather, but I swing like a heavy. Soon find out when you put a pair of boxing gloves on. I'm more of a bare knuckle guy, but if we must wear gloves, we must. I'm going to spar Stephen. You're going to spar Katie. Sorry, it's just the way I've been brought up. I'm, I don't want to fight a lady. Okay, spar Stephen. Then he looks at Stephen. Stephen's giant. <laughs> what is that? Protection. Now, I know you're only little, so if you get tired, just shout and we can have a rest. Okay. Now, Katie's just destroying him. Come on, Jack. It's not and then at the very end, he Sorry. just boxes her ear. <laughs> he just slaps her with his big, flat sparring glove. That is wonderful. I didn't know who that guy was until you played me that um, ad, but it definitely holds up. Yeah. I love that. Uh, we did another Cheese and G's episode for episode number 42 in August of 2016. We called it Cheese and G's number threes. Even cheesier. And we had my buddy and a podcast partner from TBTL on Luke Burbank. And we're just going over a bunch of commercials that we love and hate. I don't remember how he felt about this one. I will say that I was surprised in that episode how much we disagreed with him. I feel like every time we liked something, he disliked it and vice versa. I like to think we all 
liked this one. It's a 15-second ad uh, promoting the beginning of the NFL season, the the new NFL season. Then again, this is late August, um, and they just took a bit of the Pointer Sisters song "I'm So Excited" and uh, set it to a bunch of end zone celebrations by NFL players. All their goofy dances. It says football's back. Wait, you can't be mad at Gronk. I know, and we thought that it was very, very charming, but you had a really good point, and you were rightfully angry that this is a league that does everything they can to discourage celebrations, um, and yet here they are banking off of it, and they're acknowledging people like this, yet there's all these rules set in the game that limit how much celebrating these guys can do. And uh, I have an update for you, Veeves. This season, I don't know if you heard, but they did... You did hear they loosened the celebration rules. I did, didn't know. Had we talked about that? I didn't realize. No, but that. I, I, you know, you're a sentient human being. Yeah, I read newspapers. Uh, um, so um, here's a change in the rules. Players used to be flagged if they participated in choreographed group dances, but not anymore. Now they can do any celebration that isn't sexually suggestive or doesn't mimic using weapons. I think that one, there's one where, that someone's doing now where he like gets down on all fours and lifts his leg like he's peeing. Like he's peeing, Which I yes. think is arguably sexually suggestive, depending on what you're into. <laughs> Dirty. Um, there was one, and I hate to say it, it was a team, I think it was the Colts against the Browns. I was watching these roundups of some of the best choreographed dances in the NFL week four that just ended. And I think the Colts against the Browns, like four of them got together and did some pantomiming of... A, uh, of breaking a safe like, <laughs> and then running away. It was super complicated. There's a bunch of them like kind of cooking. You know how they do the stirring up and then eating, but there's a bunch of them like in a kitchen cooking now. Like now oh that they can God. choreograph there. I think pretty soon. But these guys don't want to be like football. They want to go to mime school. I honestly think that if, you know, things keep trending the way they're trending with the health issues, the social issues, the um, complaints about the quality of play, eventually the NFL will just be a bunch of guys doing funny pantomimes and dances and I'm not against that I'm in they have to wear the full uniforms though that's what makes it fun what are we up to now number 43 slogans run (laughs) slogans we were just talking about I don't even remember we just did some of the best slogans yeah some of the most memorable slogans and this one jumped out at me uh, not because the slogan is something that we that's very current, but because how can you not love this ad? This is for um, Folgers crystals um, or instant Folgers, I should say. And it's from like a long time ago, probably the 50s or 60s. It's black and white. And it's a conversation first between a, a husband and wife about how crappy her coffee is. Oh, no. And yes. then she gets some advice from her friend on how to fix everything up. Oh, goodness. The commercial that will live in infamy. Yes. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. It's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. <laughs> and he leaves for work. He doesn't and even kiss her. Kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Hey, great coffee. 
It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. He blows out a candle and they're going to make mommy-daddy time. <laughs> How awful is her friend? Everyone's awful. Everyone's awful. I feel I feel sorry for the wife. I feel... It's just awful. <laughs> Episode number 44, Commercial Breakdown. We decided to just take a show, hit record on it on the old DVR, and then just talk about each of the commercial breaks. The show that we picked was Mystery Science Theater 3000, I forgot Teenagers we did this. from Outer Space. It was uh, aired on Sunday, September 4th, 2016, 10 p.m. on a new channel called The Comic uh, Comet channel it was a new sci-fi tv network which i think is still on we have not yeah. been taking advantage of it it's owned by mgm and it uses a bunch of their back catalog which made you know i think it was cheap for them to do uh, mystery science theater reruns and the very first break the very first commercials were for a food company <laughs> for the end of the world before an unforeseen event turns into a life-changing crisis ask yourself are you prepared Will you be able to provide for your family? What are we going to do for food? We have maybe a three-day supply. What are we going to do? We're one storm away from the unknown. You have to have a plan. There's no two ways about it. If you're faced with an emergency, don't add more stress wondering where your next meal is coming from. Give yourself the peace of mind knowing you're prepared with plenty of emergency food. Introducing Wise Company Gourmet Emergency Food. Gourmet Emergency Food with a shelf food. life up to all of the ads um, during, or almost all of the ads during this 10 p.m. showing on a tiny cable network, a sci-fi cable network, all somehow nodded towards the end times. Yeah. Generators to keep your family alive during crises. Um, these food things. I can't remember what else. Which we kind of mocked at the time. Honestly, this the, the disaster scenes in this commercial look like everything we've seen in the news in the last, you know, yeah. two months. And what's the date on this again? This is September 4th, 2016. We don't know, not to get too dark here, that we're going to have a madman in office so that when these um, crises do hit parts of the United States that the president of the United States isn't going to be mocking the leaders yeah. there. Like, you honestly, really are going to want your gourmet. You really, yeah. Food. I guess joke's on us. Um, it's not very funny, though. Episode number 45. Shop 40. Shop 40? It's a joke about top 40 because it was... Uh, <laughs> because... You came up with that one. I came up with that one. Because <laughs> it was about songs that were strongly associated with products. Oh, I remember that show, right. Yes. And for me, this one will just always be a favorite. You want to give it a play? I, I don't think I even need to set it up. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. I love this ad. Two young men driving around in their uh, Volkswagen. They see a couch, I think, along the side of the road here. Yeah, at a certain point, they just—they're just kind of driving around LA. Um, it was a huge. This—this this was their second. I, I was reading about this. It was the second most successful Volkswagen ad that they ever made. I don't. What, I don't know if like what um, metrics they use. What metrics they use, or what what the first one was. But they didn't know what they—they they didn't know it was gold until they aired it. But uh, this this I think it's a German group that did the da 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 song. They stop. They see an old like yellow armchair which they put in their car, 
But then after a few minutes of driving around with it, they smell something funky and they leave it on the side of the road again. The German engineered Volkswagen There are a couple of buddies, but I remember even back in the day, people saying, is this our first gay commercial? Like, is there an implication that these guys might live together? Therefore, they'd be interested in furniture. I mean, I don't, I mean, there's plenty of guys who live together, but... Yeah, um, I think it's, it's delightfully ambiguous. Absolutely. Is that what we're going to name this show? <laughs> um, what are we going to name this show? All these clever titles. Now I'm feeling a little... Um, I think I was going to name it One Hundo, but if we're only doing fifty, yeah, I think we got to rethink that. Um, how about how about One Hundo Part One, the Fabulous Fifty? <laughs> okay. And then next week can be the Fabulous Forty Five. Wait, are we going to pick a clip from this show to add to next week's show so that we have a hundred? Yeah. All right. It gets a little recursive, but yeah, it really does. Wait. Uh, how many versions of me are there in this universe? Um, okay, I've lost my place, though. Is it my turn? It is. It's uh, 46. Uh, episode number 46, Ad Counseling. Oh, this is one where we were just uh, probably going through a bunch of ad counsel submissions. Yeah. And um, we got a email from a listener named Kara. On the previous show, we were looking for... I think a Doors song, and we got an Ajax commercial. We we're just—it was oh, a right. moment of quick confusion on the show. Yes, but Kara wrote in to say when you pulled up that Ajax commercial in reference to the Doors, it wasn't a mistake. The last line of the Doors song "Touch Me" is "Stronger Than Dirt." which is a direct reference to an Ajax commercial. Apparently, this was written by Jim Morrison in retaliation for the fellow band members wanting to sell out the song Light My Fire for a Buick commercial, which I remember from the movie The Doors. He gets really mad when they try to sell a Doors song. He's like, these are my words. Yeah. This is my poetry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so, anyway, this is another one where I'm not going to play a commercial. I This blew me away. I am a, or a, let's say, was a Big Doors fan. Uh, this is from the album The Soft Parade, which I used to listen to like crazy starting in the eighth grade. I think this might have been my first Doors album. And I had never noticed that at the very end of this song, they chant Stronger Than Dirt. We were so shocked when we heard this. <laughs> it's still it. ah, It's still great. Gene! Gene! <laughs> that still blows me away, which now takes us to episode number 47, Pigskin Pitchmen. Pigskin, pigskin Pitchmen. This was about football men and their acting chops. And okay. we were ranking and rating how good the football actors are. This is one. There, there are actually quite a few that I think are are pretty good ads. Obviously, um, you know they put a lot of resources into these ads where they have these high high powered, very uh, expensive celebrities. This is just one that I liked a lot, and we it was on all the time. It's for Xbox Live. It stars a bunch of people, including Russell Wilson, Von Miller, Antonio Brown, and even a brief cameo by Marshawn Lynch. And there, I should I should probably just set this up a little bit. Okay. Um, the three, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Miller, and Wilson, are are all kind of talking to someone who seems to be kind of like their agent or something. And he's telling them to get out there and connect with the community. So they have to go play Xbox Live um, in the presence, like in the physical presence of these other of these kids, basically. So they're they're having these, they're in the living rooms with these kids, and they're all getting beaten, um, and they're getting kind of um, you know cranky about it. 
guys, no one's playing as you in Madden on Xbox One. As your agent, I need you to go out there and connect with the Xbox Live community. Get your popularity back up. Great game, Julia. I win! Oh, yeah! Go! Come on, get there! Yes! Touchdown! Snaps the ball, drops back! Strip Sag Miller. Guys, it's so easy to connect on Xbox Live. What's the issue? Y'all need to work on y'all people skills. Play together on that. <laughs> the man. best part of that, maybe I guess with the exception of the Marshawn cameo at the end, is when Von Miller just reaches over and knocks the kid's controller out of his hand. I think Von Miller is the best part of that commercial, but I actually love a little moment earlier in the ad when the agent's telling them they've got to do this thing, and Von Miller has those very distinctive yeah. clear plastic glasses, and he just gives the guy a look like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It, doesn't he kind of like adjust his glasses a little, you know, pushes them up on his nose or something? I think he just kind of like tilts his head like, mm. yeah, okay. Um, we did an episode, episode number 48. It's October 4th, 2016 called Crushing It, uh, in which we talked about commercials that we have crushes on the people within. There's a better way to formulate that sentence. But we're very tired. But I'm starting to lose it here. And if we were to redo that commercial show if we were to redo that episode uh today i think my number one crush i have to just embrace it right now would probably have to be that dumb girl from the coffee shop wow you really got it bad huh it it really did i tried to defend myself or maybe like back away from it a little bit when we were first talking about that a couple of months ago saying i realize it's problematic and this is supposed to work on me so well i don't want it to work on me but a friend jokingly took a screen cap of that girl in that coffee shop ad recently and texted it to me. And then recently I was going through some old texts from him and I saw it and my heart literally skipped a beat. Oh, my goodness. I, before my brain realized what I was How worried am I? Saying, oh, should I be here? Well, look at I mean, me. Look at her. Yeah. Probably but not too I, worried. And I guess it's true. You don't have an Alaska Airlines mile number. So. No, yeah, no, I'm not going to be. I have a better shot with it. <laughs> you certainly you would without that number. Anyway, uh, this is not that commercial. Uh, when we did this back in uh, October of 2016, I can't remember who I put on my list of crush worthies, but I know I had gotten emails from a couple of different fellas, and they both said, I have such a crush on this woman who's in the AT&T commercials. She's kind of known as the AT&T girl. Uh, her character's name is Lily Adams, but her real name is Milana Vaintrub, if I'm saying that correctly. And I hadn't really noticed her much before this. But doing the research for the show, I started looking at her background. She really is stunningly beautiful. She was uh, born in Uzbekistan um, when it was part of the USSR, and she fled here when she was three years old because of religious persecution. She now does a lot of work with uh, refugees. She's part of um, a... uh, comedy troupe and and is connected to a bunch of these other comedians who I really you know it's kind of cool when you kind of see these bunch of comedians that you know and respect and they're all kind of part of the same gang sort of and she is super cool and now I have a crush on her too (laughs) unfortunately this ad that I'm going to play is not one of my favorites it's actually my least favorite it's the one where she's you know, in the AT&T store, she just sold some guy a new phone and, and cell package, and he is now walking out the door with it. Enjoy your phone. You too. And now we hear his internal dialogue. All right, be cool. Monologue. You got the amazing new Monologue. iPhone 7 on the house by switching to AT&T. What? And you got unlimited data because you have direct TV. <laughs> okay, just a few more steps. Then he runs into the Door! door! 
cool. And for some reason, we hear her internal monologue say door as opposed to her just yelling at him to watch the door. Yeah, it's not that a great That commercial ad, kind of falls apart, but she is very cute and uh, also like just a really talented comedian. Uh, all right, so episode 49. This is my last one for today. All right. This is from a show called Failure is an Option. <laughs> it was for campaigns that didn't work, that failed to sell their product. So think of New Coke, um, mm. you know, other other things like that that famously failed. Um, and one of those famous failures is McDonald's Arch Deluxe, which was when they tried to do sort of, this was a long time ago. Now they've probably revisited this territory, but it was their first stab at like a gourmet style burger. Right. And they introduced it by having their chef, Andrew Salvaggio, um, talk about how great this burger is. And every time I watch this ad, it gets worse because this guy is unwatchable. It's almost a harbinger of what we'll see a couple of decades later with the um, the Taco Bell fancy chef lady. That's going to be in one of my like, lists. It's like that, but it's like she actually is watchable. And like whether or not that's a great campaign, like she's fine. This guy makes my skin crawl. Andrew Salvaggio, McDonald's executive chef, food enthusiast, and the man who actually created the Arch Deluxe. The best ingredients are just the start of a great burger. Crisp leaves of iceberg lettuce. The stone ground mustard sauce. Mmm. The soft comforting <laughs> potato roll. I'm in the zone. All layered together in one symphony of taste. The, the camp, he is, I mean... God bless, but he hit. He fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. He's very nineties. He got George Costanza glasses. Oh yeah, and, and the camera's way too close to him, and it's got some sort of fisheye effect that's making his face like zoom into the the where the camera is, and he's making a constant duck face, and it's just <laughs> awful. Constant duck face. All right, let's leave it here at episode number fifty. Origin stories. I thought this was a good idea for a show. We looked at uh, commercials that kind of taunt, taunt, commercials that kind of flaunt their origins. But as I think we learned, they throw in a lot of bullshit, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one I found really charming. It was a subway spot, which I think gave us the idea for this uh, show topic. Um, Subway, uh, according to this commercial, started as a small little sandwich shop. Was it two brothers or a couple of friends who I think started it, was friends. it? And it's just well shot. It's a little bit Wes Anderson-y. Um, was and- this in the period of Subway trying to like find its legs after uh, the great uh, revelation about Jared? I think so. And I yeah. don't know if they ever did fully find a campaign that they really kind of sunk their claws into right they're just kind of doing a bunch of different uh, not that commercials. i've seen but i really liked this one back in 1965 subway's founders fred deluca and dr peter buck teamed up with one simple mission fresh sandwiches i like it the idea seemed crazy in a time when artificial foods and gimmicks were all the rage but roller skates didn't make food any fresher and mascots didn't make it any tastier <laughs> As it turned out, Fred was right. Sandwiches made with freshly baked bread, fresh veggies, and delicious meats would stand the test of time. We were fresh before it was fresh to be fresh. The Subway Sandwich Shop, founded on fresh. It's a good little ad. Yeah. I wish that we had a more whiz banger to go out on, but that one is just, uh, it's just a <laughs> it good, is what it it's is. just a good little ad. But there we are. Those were the first 50 weeks of this dumb podcast. <laughs> Two hours in. Are you still with us? You still there? We're going to do it again next week. We're yes. going to uh, start with episode number 51. I mean, we already have done all the when work. When I had the idea for this, 
it seemed like it was going to go a lot faster. I don't know. <laughs> you know. We were going to have a clock or something. But each of these is, in most cases, at least 30 seconds. Yeah. So that's an hour right there, practically. Um, anyway, I've had a lot of fun. Me too. You know, our... Uh, not just today. N- exactly. And when we did start this, not to be corny, but you remind me of it from time to time. Like, we're doing this because it's something that we want to do, because it's fun. We hang out with each other. We plan this together. And um, we're really lucky that a bunch of people listen to it. And yeah. We really do appreciate you guys. But, uh, and the way we show it is by giving you two hours of uh, uninterrupted content. Right. Absolutely. Hashtag content. For now, though, I do think we need to check in with the Ad Council. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. Oh, listener, if you're still with us. How are you doing? You can find us on the Facebook group, After These Messages Show on Facebook. You can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. And you can call us at 607-444-5597. Do you have that memorized? I do. Wow. I read it every time. I, I actually know it. Say it again. 607-444-5597. That's where you can find us. All right. Thank you guys for everything. We will talk to you next week, whether you like it or not. Okay, <laughs> plug your nose. Here goes. Caveman porn star riding on a unicorn. Undercover cop and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in CUNY.